Good morning, it girls. Good evening. Good afternoon. Of course, whenever you are listening to this, let me make sure my microphone is on. One time I literally created, uh, recorded a whole podcast and my microphone was not on. I was, I was pissed. Anyway, hope you all are doing good and I'm so excited for today's episode. Actually, I'm excited for almost every episode that we record and chat about, but this one I feel like is just really, really good. And by all means, little updates that I have for you all, not much. I just want to say thank you so much for downloading. The last episode was like a hit. The girlies liked the last episode. And if you're not already, please follow the Faithfully Feminine Instagram account. And I cross-post that account. I need to make a Facebook account for for Faithfully Feminine, but... So far, we're just on Instagram, y'all, and it'll be linked down in the description below, along with the verses that we're going to go over today, along with the book that we are reading along to. Um, So this episode probably is going to be split into two parts, maybe even three, because there's just so much to go over. And a lot of this episode comes from like one, my own experience, two from the Bible, and three from the book by Dr. Miles Monroe. It is called Understanding the Purpose and the Power of Women. Like just the title alone for the book says that we're going to get into some things. So without further ado, you can't help a man do nothing, girl. So just a little story I want to open up with because it was so funny. I have been having HVAC issues in my apartment, and I the last time I was recording a podcast, I literally had no AC. Today I got AC, thank God. But I've been having maintenance people, maintenance men per se, um, come in and out of my place, whether it was HVAC, whether it was lighting, whether it was putting in the AC unit, the window unit, because they gave me window unit and fans while they shut down the entire HVAC unit for the entire floor of the apartment, which was crazy. But this time in particular, earlier last week, no, it was later last week, it was Thursday, I want to say, I had one of the maintenance guy men come in and he was taking out the AC unit because my my central air was working again. And as he was taking it out, you know, we were just chatting it up and everything. And I don't know how, but we got on the subject of dating. Oh, he was asking me where I was from because he heard my accent and everything and asked me why I moved. And I told him that. Long story short, we got into the topic of dating, right? And he began to open up. Mind you, he was (laughs) African-American. I'm laughing because I feel like I have to put that out there because I feel like we're already going to assume what is about to come out of my mouth once this man started talking about dating. So he opened up about dating and his experience, and he was saying how he doesn't date black women because black women don't know how to submit. Y'all, and so I sat there, and he waited for my reaction, and I sat there waiting for him to finish the rest of where he got half of that Bible verse from, right? Because it's no surprise that society hates women um, outside of racism. And I feel like we always talk about racism 24-7. We are forgetting the fact that society as a whole has had the same attitude towards women as they have towards race. 
Women have been second-class citizens. You go look on Instagram. You see the shade room, spiritual. They post nothing but things and conversations that put women down, hold women accountable. And it's as if society has this obsession with wanting to hurt women 24-7. You cannot, there's not a day that goes by that I get on social media and I see women getting blamed for very much something, anything, something, right? And it's the obsession with not only blaming women, but the want of control. And we say this thing that a lot of men don't actually like women. They don't respect women. They don't like women. They use women. And they want to control women. Not all men, but as a general consensus, we see this in society, literally, and you can't get away from it. As a woman, I'm preaching to the choir, right? And so I was like, where is this obsession coming from of submission? And I, and I asked the maintenance man, and I said, do you know where this comes from? I said, submit, this comes from the Bible. Your ideology comes from the Bible, but where you're going wrong is that you're forgetting the other half. If you're saying a black woman is not submitting to you, for one, she should only submit to her husband. Let's start there. And then he goes, well, if she can't submit to me before I'm married, how am I going to know that she's going to submit to me when I'm married? A feminine woman that understands her purpose and who strives in her purpose will submit to you. If you have the chance to experience a woman in her femininity, you will understand and you would know that she will submit to you. But instead of looking inward and looking at yourself and what the environment you are producing and the soil that you are producing, the first thing out of your mouth is, I don't date black women because they do not submit. When one, you're no one's husband. And two, we are still missing the first part of that Bible verse that talks about a woman is to only submit to her husband who what submits to God. A woman cannot follow when you're going nowhere. Ladies, do not ever follow a man who is going nowhere. And we're going to backtrack because that whole interaction I had with that man, and I could go on and on about the conversation we had. We literally had a conversation for over an hour in my place. And he was like, wow, he, I was saying some things that he just did not understand, but he was really open to receiving them. And we're going to go back to Genesis around the time Adam and Eve. We're going to go back, back, back. We taking it back to the nine, nine and two thousands with this one, right? So we're going to go to Genesis and we're going to look a little bit about what happens after Adam and Eve both eat the, uh, the apple, right? So they eat the apple from good and evil. They're supposed to eat all the fruit in the garden except for fruit from this one tree, the tree of good and evil. Now, as I was a child, I was always like, first of all, why did he, why was that tree even there? <laughs> like to this day, I still get irritated reading this because it's like, why y'all eat from that tree? But it's like, why was the tree even there? But anyway, that's a whole nother episode for another day. So they eat from the tree of good and evil. And this is the Lord's response once they, um, once they eat the apple. And it's very interesting. So Genesis verse 16, Genesis 3 verse 16, this is when God is addressing a woman. 
To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pains and childbearing. With pain, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Then he turns to Adam. So this is, that was Eve's curse. Well, I'm not going to say curse. That was a response to, okay, Eve, because you ate this apple, this is what's going to happen. Then he's going to turn to Adam and he says, verse 17, to Adam he said, I will greatly increase your pain. Oh, sorry, sorry. Verse 17, to Adam he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of, cursed is the ground because of you. Through pain, toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are and dust you will return. So because we are women, we're going to focus more on our punishment from eating the apple tree. Now, both of them, of course, were abandoned. Well, not abandoned. They was kicked out of the garden, okay? Like, bye, you didn't listen. They were kicked out of the garden. But it's very interesting, and once I understood this concept, it really applied to every aspect of my life of how us women interact with men, and sometimes, if we're not careful, how this can take over our lives. So look at this. Okay, we got the pain in childbirth. We all know about pain in childbirth. We all know. We can all agree upon that. But the second part of the verse says, your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. And as a woman, no matter what, we have this inner desire for men to appease men, to be loved by a man. And yes, for our husband, and I'm speaking from a standpoint of a single woman, but of course, once we get married, our desire will be for our husband. And I've seen this in my household because my parents have been married for over 30 years. So a lot of this stuff I've seen forefront in my household play over. And no matter what a man can do, our desire is still for a man. And if not checked, can drive us and we can go off of emotions and and latch ourselves onto a man that's not for us. But that's why when it comes to things like friendships, and I've talked about I know I'm going off on a little tangent with friendships, but it's so important to understand this concept that the desire will be for a man. And no matter what we do, it's deep down lingering. And in female friendships, we see female friendships break easier sometimes, right? And then we all know that one person or a couple of people where it's like, well, damn, if a man did that to her, she would she would give him another chance. What about me, Right. And although this is not an episode about friendships, it still applies in every relationship that we have. Our desire is for our husband. Our desire is to maybe have a husband. And even for women who are like, I don't want a husband. I don't want to get married. They still desire love. They desire that from a man for the most part. And of course, I'm, I'm talking biblically, heterosexual. So there, there's always some nuances or whatever, okay? I, I don't have time in this episode to talk about every curveball y'all might throw me. But with that, I'm going to go into our purpose and what some of the book talks about, understanding the purpose and power of women. Now, it is very important as a woman, if you don't understand your purpose 
not your like purpose that God has you on specifically, but your purpose as an overall woman in this world, you can be subjected to manipulation, to control, and to be misused, to be abused by society. Society already puts us down. And when you latch yourself on to a man who doesn't understand your purpose either, Ooh, it can be a very dangerous place to be in. And it's a place not only that's dangerous, but it's a place where the enemy wants you to be in. Because he can still kill and destroy very easily when you're thrown off track and not in the purpose that God has you in. So backtrack to Adam and Eve. Before there was Eve, there was Adam, right? And God claimed, God said that it's not good for men to be alone. So number one, right off the bat, we understand Boom, it's not good for men to be alone. So I'm going to give you certain things to be careful of. First things first, a man who does not understand your purpose. Beware of this man. Don't ever attach yourself to this man. You can converse with this man. Don't ever try to be in a relationship with this type of, these type of men that I'm listing. Two, is a man, the, a man who does not see your value who does not understand the value of women. A man that doesn't understand your purpose, a man that doesn't understand your value, and a man that does not feel like he needs help. A man who does not feel like he needs help is a dangerous man because God already said it's not good for men to be alone. So from man, he made women. And as we are, as a woman, our purpose is to be a helper. It wasn't good for a man to be alone, so we've been designed differently, not necessarily less than, but we have a different function. And because something has a different function does not mean that it's less than. Everything that functions, and I think the book uses the analogy, everything that functions in your car functions that way for a reason. It serves a purpose. It serves a purpose to get you from point A and point B. It doesn't mean that this part of your car is less than because if it all didn't work together, you wouldn't be driving around in your car to get to where you need to go. Not only is our purpose to be a helper, our purpose is to be a receiver as well. We see this physically with our bodies and our physical makeup, but only, not only that, in our environment, we're made to receive love, receive money, receive anything that a man will provide for us because once Adam turned, once God turned to Eve, Afterwards, he turned to Adam and basically said, because you did this, you will work from the sweat of your brow just to eat. And so a man's purpose is to provide for us, to provide finances, to provide security, to provide a good, godly environment. And in that, we flourish in our ability to receive. We are also, our purpose is to share and help a man's vision. And not just a man, really your husband's vision. And to submit to your husband who submits to God. Going back to be careful of a man who does not submit to God. Because a man without a plan from God, not just a plan period, but without a man, a plan from God, he cannot lead you anywhere. He can ultimately not provide you the proper environment that you need in order to flourish, in order to live out your God-given purpose. 
So it's like we have these talks on Instagram and guys are always bringing up submission. A man should, first of all, add this to the red flag list. A man should never even think about bringing up the word submit. A word, the word submit should never even come out of a man's mouth, ever. Ever. Especially in dating, when getting to know a man, for a man to even bring up submit, nine times out of ten, he's looking to control and the second part of our, I don't want to say our curse, but our punishment, we will have a longing for our husbands and he will have a longing to, uh, to control. Outside of God's will, deep down inside, we always have a longing for men's love, for the love for our husband. And deep down inside, some men are going to have a longing to control. But where God steps in and where we are given the ability to have and produce God-given fruits, fruits of the Spirit, that is when we can combat these urges, these tempting urges that are instilled with us in our nature. Because me, naturally, I am not, naturally without God, I am a selfish person. I'm pretty sure you could say the same thing. Without God, I, who knows, okay? Selfish. Deep down inside, unforgiving, it is God and it is the Holy Spirit that grants me certain fruits to help me live out a godly life. One of the best things to understand is that as a woman, I went over some of our purposes, but here's another thing. To give respect, to bless, to support, and to honor the man, our husband, while he is to protect and provide. Now, I'm only talking about in a godly sense. So if you've already gotten, you're listening to this episode and you have like a, a man that you're thinking that you're getting to know that you're dating and you can see the type of fruit that he's producing. Girl, I'm not talking about, the, uh, no man deserves any of these things who does not protect, who does not provide for you, who does not submit to God. That is right off the bat. But when he does, the best thing that we can do is give respect to bless him and to support him. And it's <laughs> looking back at my relationships, right? I have one of my exes. We are good friends until he just got blocked from everything. But he would always say, you know what? Like, even though we're not together, you are the only woman that's ever really outside of my mom really made me feel heard. I feel like you speak life into me, you encourage me, you respect me. And it wasn't until he started providing a, a horrible environment, right, for me to be in to where it was like, okay, I'm not getting this from her. But off the bat, he understood. He couldn't really put a pin exactly like biblically what it was because his walk with God is not my walk with God. His, his, the environment, he did not submit to God. But he understood, even a man that does not submit to God, even if you have a guy friend or whatever, right? When you encourage your guy friends, you see exactly what I mean. Like men appreciate encouragement. They love respect. They don't like women who necessarily talk and put them down, compare them to other men and stuff like that. So just giving your respect and your support is one of the most sexiest things that you could give to a man. Men love input. And I talk about this all the time within femininity, like the smallest thing of making a man feel that his input helped my life like greatly. 
And even if it's something small like putting up something like a TV in my apartment, like, wow, what would I have done? I really appreciate you, how strong you are, how you're able to help add value to my life. At the end of the day, every human being loves to feel loved and appreciated, but especially men. So always remember that um, to input make him feel like he has contributed if he has contributed now if he hasn't contributed like they'll just be like oh my gosh you contributed and he didn't (laughs) make it known that his contribution really helped you out and you really appreciate it but it is important our purpose is to really discern when and how to give help when and how to give encouragement because we can't just give help even though our desire is for our husbands our desire is to be loved by men we can't just give help to anyone. We can't just give encouragement to anyone, right? Um, in the book, it talks about this crazy thing too, about how a woman um, possesses the power of adaptability. And which I knew that, but when we think about it in a way of the spirit of adaptability is why sometimes we find ourselves in these relationships Um, especially with men. Like I said at the beginning in Genesis, we find ourselves in relationships with men to where it's like, okay, been cheating on so many times, but how is a woman still able to say? It's not because society's like, oh, she can handle it or men can't handle this and women can handle that. It's because we have the spirit to adapt in our environments. That's down to the soil. Women adapt more in their environments. And... We're going to talk about that just a little bit because I feel like society has tried to make women more masculine, tried to put this bridge in between the woman and the man, because when you have a house divided, it will fall, right? And so um, I talked about this with another man. He was like, I don't understand the city girl lifestyle or whatever. Y'all are not men, blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, you have to understand that women adapt to their environments. So women have been put in these environments, in these instances where men use them for their bodies, men use them for for work, men use them for their money, men use them to provide when it should be the opposite around. And women in turn have taken that and it's like, okay, I'm going to adapt to this environment and kind of do the same thing. That's all that it is. It's adaptability and trying to do literally the same thing. We are wired to submit at the end of the day, and men are not really much adapters. Men have issues adapting most times to their environment. They don't adapt as quickly. Now, of course, there's some nuances, but and generally, men do not adapt as quickly to their environments, which is why when you see a man, um, a married couple, it's usually the woman that's encouraging the man. And although a man is making a woman feel safe, right, and secure, it's usually the woman that's encouraging the man, a woman that pushes the man, helps him with his vision, cultivates him. Be careful of a man who does not understand this. Be careful of a man who has no vision. You can't latch on to a man that has no vision. And be careful of a man who produces a bad environment. A man's soil, a man who does not check his soil but complains about his, what is reaping from the field. Oh, my gosh, these women are horrible. Oh, my gosh, these women don't submit. Oh, my gosh, this woman is nagging me. Oh, my gosh, 
that's the type of man that does not understand it was not good for him to be alone. And so God made him a helper. And although it might sound like she's nagging, but that's a woman that cares about you. That is a helper. That is someone who's trying to push you towards your vision. But wait, some of these men don't have visions. So they don't understand that. They don't understand that they have a helper. Be careful of a man who sees women as a threat or competition because he doesn't understand your purpose, which means he will abuse your purpose. Not necessarily abuse you physically, and sometimes that is the case, but he'll emotionally abuse you. He'll emotionally manipulate you. He'll emotionally gaslight you. He'll emotionally feel like, oh my gosh, she's trying to one-up me. Not understanding that God has designed us to help them. And you see this all the time. I have conversations with guy friends who really do not understand that one, women are human beings, which is crazy in itself. And that two, women do live outside of men. However, we are created to help them because they need help. All the tea, all the shade, but it did say that in the Bible, child. And that three, when you think about marriage, right? Marriage helps he who finds a wife finds a good thing and he finds favor in the lord it's not she who finds it's he who finds a wife right which means he's doing the finding but not only that even take it a step outside when you look at men powerful men most of them are married there has not been an um a single president most congressmen are married when you look at men in positions of power most of them are married. And I'm not saying, oh my gosh, well, their marriage, that this marriage ended there. Yeah, because that's their character. <laughs> that's a whole different thing. But even when you look at men in certain positions, men who have gotten certain places, marriage has opened doors for them. They find favor in being married. And so when a man doesn't understand this and they're just everywhere feeding their flesh and nagging about how let me use the word how men nag and I love that for me <laughs> and talking about how women do not fall in line they ultimately do not respect women if you have to have a conversation with a man and put it in a perspective of what if this was your wife what if this was your sister and all of a sudden proximity to what he is doing makes him open up his eyes he does not truly respect women you should not have to put something in close proximity for a man to understand what he is doing is wrong. There is something to explore there, and it's not, your, it's not your part to do that. It's your part to get the heck out, get the hell on. In the spirit of getting the heck out and getting the hell on, there's a space sometimes I talked about a little earlier of the spirit of adaptability, right? We all possessed it as women, and we hear things like, in the book, it talks about the, you know, when men say, if my wife or if my girlfriend would have done the same thing I did, I would be gone. Or the societal meaning of, oh, men can't handle being cheated on. Men can't handle this. And it's not necessarily that. It's just that men don't really possess the spirit of adaptability like women do. And I've seen this in my own childhood. I didn't understand at the time, now I do, looking back, in my own childhood, I would see my mom adapt to the environment that at the time my dad was giving, and I just did not understand. Like, girl, what the hell are you doing? Let's get the hell on. Let's go. I will never forget, I was sixth grade on the bus, and I was crying 
on the way to the Boys and Girls Club, I went to the Boys and Girls Club after school. And my best friend at the time was like, well, she still is my best friend. My best, oh my gosh, if she's listening to this, she probably remembers what I'm talking about. I don't know if she remembers, but she asked me and she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I thought my parents were going to get a divorce and they're not. And she looked at me and was like, wait, (laughs) girl, wait, usually kids are crying about their parents getting a divorce. You're crying because your parents aren't getting your, aren't getting a divorce. And it was because my mom has this spirit and I, I do too, of adaptability. She was adapting to what her environment was. But as a child, I just did not understand. And it hurt me to my core. It hurt me. I've watched her adapt for years. But the thing about the spirit of adaptability is that the person that adapts at some point will run out of the ability to adapt. And when that happens, it is not a pretty sight. To be able to adapt in that environment for so long, my mom was dealing with things for so long before I even came about into this world. So I didn't even adapt to what she had. So we have to be careful when it comes to that spirit and assess our relationships and see if we are adapting to certain things that we do not need to adapt in. And there is a huge difference between dating and between being married. Now, when you're in a marriage, you have vows under God. And while we're dating, there are things you should not be adapting to anything while you're in a courting phase getting to know a man. You should not ever be submitting to a man while you're dating. That should not even be a topic of conversation. But should you show up as your authentic feminine self? Should you be assessing his soil? Should you be looking at the fruits that he is bearing, that he is putting out? Yes, you should. Because at the end of the day, that's going to lead you. Once you make it from dating to marriage, you're going to see what environment you're in. And some girls, they think it's all fun and games. They don't assess their environment. They don't assess the fruit that is bearing. And then they put their seed, boop, in that soil. And then they they turn into something crazy because we adapt to our environment. A woman is literally a reflection of a man. We have our own minds, but we reflect the type of environments that we're put in. And sometimes when you see hard, and I was having this conversation with the maintenance guy, when you see some women having this hard exterior, having this, I can do it all by myself type of attitude, it's because sometimes they've had to do it by themselves. Sometimes they haven't had a man. They've planted their seed in somewhere for a man to not provide, and they've had to do it themselves. And so it creates this like harder exterior. And yes, there's a way to break down those barriers. But ultimately, when you look at a man and look at the woman he's with, if she's living a life of peace, she's glowing, she's provided for, she feels safe, she feels secure, she's able to help the man with his vision, she has a safe environment to do so. And I love the analogy I use all the time with these men. You don't, angels are not in hell. You are creating an environment of hell and wonder why there's no angel there to help you. Demons are in hell. Angels are not in hell. So while you're worried about what women are doing out here, you need to be checking yourself and checking your soil and checking your purpose and submitting to God. Because some of these folks be out here to submit into whoever they feel like having sex with, submitting to themselves, submitting to their emotions. Don't want to be with a man that submits to their emotions because emotions are temporary. 
And so here are a few principles that you can take away. Well, I already talked about women to uh, men to beware of. I talked about our purpose, and here are some of the principles you can take away. That one, we encourage what we enlarge what men have. We enlarge, we help, we cultivate what a man already has. Two, we are companion because it's not good for a man to be alone. Three, we're an able man to accomplish their vision. We enable our husbands to accomplish their vision that they got from God, not for themselves. <laughs> and four, we adapt ourselves to our environment. So it is so important to protect your environment, to protect your peace, to protect who you are allowing, who are you sharing your time with. And it is important to know your purpose because if you do not know your purpose, you can be misused, you can be abused, you can be gaslighted and all of the above. And with that, I'll see y'all in the next episode, ladies. Don't forget to rate the podcast and to share. I love you so, so much and God loves you. Bye.